learn the most advanced recruiting techniques. Land the most desirable talent. Launch your company towards massive success. This is the Higher Power Radio Show with Rick Gerard. If you have employees that are working from home, your remote workforce will be breached. Cyber criminals are getting really, really good at phishing and other techniques to get your people to open emails and extract money from you. Today, we're going to solve that problem for you, aren't we? I'm Rick Gerard, and welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show. We help entrepreneurs and business leaders win the right hire. We're actually going a little off topic today because we're not talking so much about hiring. We're talking about keeping your remote workforce safe, secure, so that you don't have to spend a ton of money insecurity problems. We share insights from top performing rebel entrepreneurs, disruptors, and industry experts like our guests today, and Marie and Chuck Lurch. They are the co-founders and CXOs of High Tech Hui. They're going to tell us what a CXO is in a minute. Chuck heads up cybersecurity, and he's been the CIO and CTO of numerous companies with a great emphasis on security. His passion for secure networks has led him to his love and vision of bringing cybersecurity solutions to the Hawaiian Islands. And Marie is is the CXO and head of Counting Beans. And her love for business strategy and technology is what inspired her to start a consulting company in Hawaii. She specializes in project management for software development projects. Both are experts in cybersecurity and run one of the top cybersecurity and MSP companies in Honolulu, which is what makes Anne-Marie and Chuck Lurch the perfect guests for today's topic. Welcome to the Higher Power Radio Show today, guys. Thanks, Rick. That was a big mouthful. I only messed it up once. (laughs) Today, we're going to discuss how to secure your at-home workforce, and we're going to provide you a plan to do it. In full disclosure, everybody, I know Anne-Marie and Chuck, and I'm working a little bit with their cybersecurity company called Cyberuptive. I have some pretty in-depth insights, so we won't make any inside jokes today. We'll keep it a little bit more on the helping you to protect (laughs) your company. Here's an interesting fact. Cybercrime during the COVID epidemic is up over 650%. And what's scary about it is they're targeting your people at home. They're also targeting other areas as well. They're targeting your finance department. They're targeting your billing. They're targeting wherever they can extract cash out of you. Chuck, Emery, share with me some of your experience of what you guys are seeing as far as security threats right now. And why don't we start first with the alerts and all the alerts? Yeah, so security threats, like you said, Rick, spear phishing is huge. What is spear phishing? Let's talk a little bit about that. There's a couple of reasons why they do it. One is to, of course, extract cash, try to get you to wire money out. Happens here all the time. It happens across the country. Wait, this isn't the guy from South Africa who's going to hold money from my long lost relative, is it? Well, you know, those guys, they got like millions of dollars they're trying to give you. Yeah. All you do is click this link and you get a million dollars. So apparently they are getting way more crafty. I guess that just stopped working. So Mm -hmm. they are getting more crafty and we can share a little bit about that as well. But also with phishing attacks is it's instigating you to push up links for malware to install things on your machines. To steal credentials, basically. If the attackers get access to your network, basically they have the right credentials, they get the keys to the kingdom, as we call it, and your network's owned that quickly. Got it. Now, what's the difference between phishing and spear phishing? Same thing. Same thing. Same okay. thing. Spear phishing, yeah, phishing yeah. attacks, same thing. Spear phishing is a little bit more targeted? Yeah, that's yeah, it's definitely more targeted. Okay. And so 
Examples would be a hacker could go on your website and figure out the employees on your website, and then they can create an email account with their name on it. So multiple times a week, we'll get Chuck Lurch sending an email to another possible employee in the company telling them to do things. Mm -hmm. But you always have to check the email address because the name says Chuck Lurch, but it's like abcdef at gmail.com. It's a weird email address, but they're trying to get through with inside information to try to get your employees to do things. Yeah, and Rick passed the test actually this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, they're trying to get you to respond or click a link. Yeah. Correct, yes. If you get an yeah. email from somebody, it's really important, first off, that you check the email address, right? What if it's on mobile? Because I think yeah. you don't see the email address. You can. You can. You have to just... Not be lazy? Yeah, yeah. Okay, you, can see you have it. to just dig further so you can see the from. But actually, they're getting more crappy. Yeah. What we're seeing lately, which is kind of scary, is that... Sometimes they're coming from the right email address. So even if you check the right email address, it's coming from the right one. But your vendor, let's say your vendor was hacked by a hacker. Or your account. Yes. And so they're responding with an appropriate email address. And you think you're communicating with the right Rick Gerard, but it could be somebody else that hacked into your account communicating with me. And because the email address and everything looks okay, I'm trusting it. Right. So when I respond back, it goes to that other person as opposed to you directly? So there's a couple of ways that they can do it. A hacker can hack directly into your account and send emails from your account without you knowing, obviously. Yeah. So that's one way. Another way is to redirect. So they can hack into your account, redirect forward, forward to yeah. another email address and respond to that. And so what we're seeing is it's like Rick Gerard. They can reverse two letters. So they redirect it to another email address with the email address where it's like two letters that are changed. So you wouldn't even see it. You have to look really closely. And so that then they're asking for like money from that email account or asking you to do things from that email account. Got it. For example, it could be a vendor where you legitimately owe the money. You have an invoice number, an invoice amount. It's getting sent to another account and they're saying, oh, instead of emailing me this check, please ACH the money here. And you don't think anything of it because they have the invoice number, they have the correct amount, they have the company name and everything. So you think it's legit. That's where a lot of companies are getting hit right now. Oh yeah. Hundreds, hundreds of thousands of dollars. What happened to a friend of mine was that they actually sent the money. And then when they found out that it wasn't legit, the banks were like, can't do anything about it. Luckily, they had some connections up there in some of the banks and they contacted the other bank and they were able to reverse it. But you can't always reverse it. Wow. So once you do an HCH transfer, it's gone. You can't get it back. I think it's like 72 hours and you can't do anything. They're getting a lot more sophisticated. At least they're not trying to get you to sell target cards, that sort of thing. Well, that, that's still happening. <laughs> it's still happening. Actually, I just heard that it happened here with somebody we knew to an attorney and they did it because it, they came from an email from the main partner. And they actually did the whole target card thing. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. That's why it's really important to educate. We talk about what can people do working from home and it's educate, educate, educate. educate. Why is this important to a company? I mean, besides the obvious money loss, which look at if you get hacked or if there's some sort of issue there, you're going to pay a lot of money, especially if you get mm-hmm. ransomware. Yeah. But besides that, besides obvious money loss, what are you guys saying? Like, what's the repercussion to the company? Why should a company really take this seriously right now? There's so many reasons. I mean, one's reputation, right? So 
once your customers realize that you've been hacked, are they really taking my data, my privacy seriously? That's a big one. Loss of trust in the company too. Any of your intellectual property. So if you're, if you have a lot of research or anything that you have, once attackers get access to your credentials, as we call them, like the keys to the kingdom, they have free reign to get whatever data they want inside your company and export it, send it wherever they want, China, wherever, sell it. So it could be industrial espionage. It's one thing also to lose yeah. your money. It's another thing to lose your files. Yeah. Another story is a company losing their accounting files in the middle of an audit. Yeah. So can you imagine having to re-enter, like, let's say, a year's worth of accounting data? Oh, God, I mean, it's probably ransom back to you in most cases. Or they just delete well, it all well, and I mean, you're done. There's ransom, so that's where you would lose your files. So yeah, yeah, you're right. But what we're hearing is even if you pay the ransom, you don't necessarily get your files back because they can't unencrypt it. So we don't suggest to pay the ransom. Yeah. Another example is a law firm, which actually I saw happen live, where you're in the middle of a large court case and then somehow didn't happen by the other team, but your files start disappearing off the file server. Gosh. <laughs> so, yeah. so. It's good if you're the defendant. <laughs> the productivity issues, losing all this data, just protecting yourself. I can't imagine if you lose your IP and you have to start all over again. I mean, that's devastating to any startup. Anything else? Backing up. That's something that we should do. Backup. No, back, back. And, not, okay. and not just have backups. Check the backups. Right? <laughs> so you got to make sure that you have a process in place to check them daily or weekly, whatever it is. We check them daily because that data that's is our important. Job. Yeah. yeah, to us. <laughs> so we check regularly. Yep. <laughs> I'm glad you filmed us in on that. You're listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. I'm Rick Gerard. And for our podcast listeners, we're going to take a quick educational moment from our sponsors. Check out stridesearch.com. They're going to find more details on how you can land great hires. Our guests today are Anne-Marie and Chuck Lurch. They are the founders and CXOs of High Tech Hui. What is a CXO, by the way? You want to elaborate on that? <laughs> CXO is chief of everything. So there's three of us partners, and it just never felt comfortable with our titles because we work as a three-legged stool. We're kind of responsible for everything. And not one person is more responsible for the other. So we have our expertise, but we just decided that chief of everything matches us. Yep. I like it. It works yep. for me. We're discussing cyber threats, how to get past them and how to protect your company. Now let's get into the how to do it. If i am got a remote workforce working from home, I think I'm secure. I'm probably not secure. Is it safe to say that 90% of the companies are just winging it right now? A lot of companies are having a lot of issues right now because the obvious answer is technology. Just implement the technology like multi-factor authentication where let's say you log into your bank and you get a code to pop up on your phone. That's multi-factor. Well, a lot of companies want to do this as well, but their corporate policies, their HR policies and other policies won't let them tell their employees, hey, you have to use your personal cell phone to do multi-factor into our network. So there's a lot of corporate issues right now that we're seeing in the workplace where companies now have to buy either their employees' cell phones, they've got to figure out other ways to do multi-factor. So even though it seems kind of obvious from an IT standpoint, from a corporate standpoint, it's a lot bigger thing to adjust for. It seems to me that the obvious cost of additional hardware or making sure that things are secure is far less than what the potential risks are. 100%. If I've got to buy mm -hmm. new routers for everybody in my company and let's say I have to spend 10 grand, is it worth it if for some reason I get hacked? What's it going to cost me? It could cost me millions. Yeah. Yeah. First, understanding what's at stake, I think, is the very first thing you have to really do. <laughs> yeah. What can you lose? I don't think enough entrepreneurs really look at this because they're heads down in the weeds trying to get things done. But man, protection is the very first thing that you do. When you get funding, when you do anything, you're getting an insurance policy. Why not insure everything on your IT side? Yeah. And, and Chuck, why don't you give other examples of what you can do at home to lock things down? So he has things locked down at our house to a T. 
three girls and we've got young ones. They have their iPads, their online school and stuff. And so they're clicking on things. And so yeah. he's things locked down. I don't know if you can give some tips on what people can do at home to make sure your kids aren't clicking on random. Well, let's talk about securing your kids first because they're on your router. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're on your network. So it's important yeah. that they're not clicking. Chuck, what are you doing for your kids? How are you keeping them from clicking something malicious? We have web filtering, of course, enabled inside our house and DNS filtering. And what that means is that all the websites that are clicked on inside our house where people are trying to get to, they're all filtered in a sense. So we're making sure that we have the right policies, like for kindergartners, then a different policy for teenagers, and then a different policy for Anna and myself, and then another policy for her mom. So we have these different policies set up to protect people in certain ways. What about me? Like, I'm not going to set up policies that can barely can barely restart my router, man. Is there like an easy tool that I can get to manage this for me? So no, they're, they're actually, they make it really color coordinated. So it's actually kind of easy. Right? At Costco, they actually have a pretty good solution for home businesses called Orby. You can get it at Costco and it comes with this other add-on called Circle. Okay. You literally just pick for these devices. So like these iPads, it's for a kindergartner. You just pick it by device name. Okay. Really simple, Rick. I think you could do it. God, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> What about your network password? Most people don't reset. They're assigned a network password if they're using the ISP's router. What's dangerous or not dangerous about that? Oh, the ISP routers mean the ones that Russia owns like half of the country's routers. Is that, is that what they're from? Yeah, you can say it. You can say whatever you want. so the isps are getting better a lot of them they have unique passwords and all the routers but they might not be good at patching so let's say their routers are vulnerable then you know russia knows they're doing scans on the networks all the time they're looking for ways to compromise the us in multiple ways so multiple breaches that you hear about in the news might not be the way that they might be portrayed in the news i can't say too much more about that but that was due to home router breaches so what can they what can people do to protect them make sure they change their password. Um, and also, I would also get a secondary router behind the ISP's routers. I talked about something better than just a generic Linksys or Nick, your router, something a little higher up. So you can run two routers? Yeah. Why would yeah. you just buy your own router? So you can. So you put that behind. Okay. You can also bridge it as well. So it all depends on how that's technical a, that, you are. That's totally above my pay grade. <laughs> if you look at all the reviews, I mean, I think that for a small home, I wouldn't use it for a business, but for home use, like the Orbeez are good. Okay. I like good reviews on those. You can get those at Costco. Should you as a company, should you be buying home routers for all your people? No. You don't okay, think so? so again, that's where you get into the corporate compliance side of it. As a company, are you going to buy home routers for everybody? Or are you going to spend all this money? So let's say it's 500 bucks an employee times, let's say 100 employees, that adds up. And then the other question is, do you infringe on the employee's privacy? When you saw those routers in that employee's home, now you can see all the traffic going to that employee's house. And if they're going to questionable websites, you have all that data. Okay, so basically you're... <laughs> You're cutting off Pornhub for a lot of people. Yeah. Okay. You said it. Rick doesn't want it on his network. So that, that gotcha. brings up another question. So the best thing the corporation can do is secure the employee's laptop or whatever device that the corporation has given yeah. to the employee. Don't use a home computer. Use a company computer, computer. with proper antivirus. We recommend Casby, so cloud access security brokers, different VPN setups. There's different ways to secure that home laptop. Um, so the employee can't use the work laptop to watch Pornhub. Got it. But you can't really stop the employee if they have their work laptop and on the laptop next door, they're running Pornhub. Okay. Is there a potential breach if I'm on my 
home laptop and then I'm working on my company laptop as well. Can that somehow be bridged? Yeah. So if your home laptop gets compromised, there's a lot of attacks they could do to your work laptop. And if your work laptop has the right controls in place, it should be able to see that attack happening and we can stop it. Okay. It's a company's responsibility yeah. to make sure that that company laptop is protected. So there's certain things that should be done on that company laptop to make sure that it's up to date. Or whatever device yes. it is. Yeah. I mean, some companies, when COVID happened, we're sending home desktops to the employees' yeah. houses, right? I mean, yeah. Sorry. It doesn't have to be a laptop. Yeah. Got it. We were kind of starting with the how to do it. First, you have to understand what's at stake. Then what do you do? You analyze all your policies. You do a gap analysis and figure out where your vulnerabilities are. So that's correct. How do you do that? How are you to do it? Let's take, for example, what kind of company do you have? Are you a healthcare company or a financial company? And then you look at what regulations you have to abide by. So I would start there. So what regulations do you have to abide by? And then you start your gap analysis, we call it. So, okay, well, I'm here today. I say point A and I do an analysis like, okay, well, I'm missing this, 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 this in my environment. I need to get to point B, which is the end goal that you do a gap analysis and then you figure out what your tolerance is for a change in your environment because it's not just a technical change there's a cultural change it usually has to take place at the same time and you work with the executive team and all the stakeholders to make sure that you can hit your goal there's a lot of moving pieces it's just not saying you know what rick we're going to implement all these changes next week and you guys just got to deal with it and work no you definitely have to plan for it if you're a small startup and you're basically just running off your own laptops you're working from home to secure that let's take a compliance things out of the picture because that adds a whole nother layer of security that you have to have. But yeah. if I'm just trying to protect my startup, what if I don't know what my weaknesses are? I would assume that my weakness is probably at the endpoints. It's everything. Okay. It's everything. We cover the basics, right? If you're a startup, you get a decent enterprise firewall. I have a really good antivirus. Depending on which email provider you're using, most likely it's going to be Microsoft or Google. Use the enterprise plans. Make sure you have all of that stuff turned on. Spam filtering. Make sure you have a good backup. Patching. What about passwords? I find that everybody uses the same password. Like I have the same password for eight different things. Oh, wow. Is that bad? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And by the way, that's my throwaway password for all my junk stuff. So that's where the education comes to play. It's just educating your employees about good password hygiene, as we call it. Mm -hmm. So never reuse the same password because you never know what account can get hacked. So we have a service where we monitor people's personal emails and company emails and monitor if their credentials are being sold on the dark web. Yeah. Yeah. Because basically what hackers do is they steal the credentials, they steal the password, knowing that people reuse their password. And they sell it for a couple, be five cents, 10 cents for every account um, that was stolen and they sell it on the dark web. And so your passwords and your emails and passwords are floating around there being sold and people are just testing out your account, your password, testing out a whole bunch of stuff. So we monitor that to see if your credentials are on the dark web. And then we just recommend good password hygiene. Make sure that you use unique passwords. Obviously, you can't remember all those passwords. So storing it in a good, legit password bank. I got a good example of this, too, if we have time. Actually, we're getting pretty close on time, Chuck. What would be two or three key takeaways that you can give the audience that they can plug into their business today? What should a startup or what should a CEO be doing right now to get started on this? Pick a good antivirus. What's the best antivirus that you guys recommend? For home use right now or small business, Silence has a great home edition. So enterprises use it, but for home, definitely Silence. 
for the other part would be backups. So making sure you have good backups. So you're even though you have Office 365 or Google Apps, you want to back, make sure that's backed up yeah. as well. As well as your files. So yes. backing up your emails, backing up your files, patching your machines, yeah. so having regular that's patching schedules. And then passwords. Use a password with a vault with multi-factor authentication. So that's two things. Good passwords, unique passwords, yeah. and then using MFA for everything. Yeah. And then I would assume the last thing would be monitoring all of your activity. Yeah, it's a lot of work. So that's why a lot of companies outsource it. If you have the ability to do it, yes, definitely do that. So if you have the enterprise, Microsoft or Google uh, subscriptions, you can do that. Awesome. Well, we're just about out of time for today's show. And and Chuck, thanks so much for your time investment today. And I want to welcome you to the Higher Power Radio community. Now, what would be the best way in which members of our community can reach you, find out a little bit more about you, and maybe they could utilize your services? Awesome. Yeah, they can reach us on our website, yeah. hitechhui, H-I-T-E-C-H-H-U-I.com. That's yeah. hitechhui.com. And then you have a cybersecurity company as well? We do, and that's cyberuptive.com. Spell that out. C-Y-B-E, oh gosh, cyber, <laughs> C-Y-B-E-R-U-P-T-I-V-E.com. There you go. Did I just dump you? That's awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, I want to thank this week's audience for tuning into this episode of Higher Power. Quick thanks to our team, our engineer, Brian Callen, Andrea Ballin, and Ayla Gerard. If you're listening to the podcast, please subscribe, review, and share. We're listening. We welcome your feedback. After all, this show is for you. You can join the Higher Power Radio community at Higher. It's H-I-R-E, Power, P-O-W-E-R, Radio, R-A-D-I-O.com. Or you can drop me a line at Rick at stridesearch.com. Tune in next Tuesday. Our guest is going to be Michael Cato. Michael is the CEO of MAP. I'm your host, Rick Gerard, and you have been listening to the Higher Power Radio Show. Aloha. Thank you for listening to Higher Power Radio. Catch our LinkedIn Live Show every Tuesday at noon or download the podcast on iHeartRadio, iTunes, YouTube, or your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you joining us on Higher Power Radio with your guide to recruitment success, Rick Gerard.